countdown. All right, here we are, Diane, Rico again. Today we want to talk about embracing failure. Um, like failure is ultimately a part of leadership and it's something that we have to model as leaders and just as people in general where failure is okay and that it doesn't mean the end of the world. So today we're going to share a couple of stories that we have um, about big risks we took, failure, and how you know it can cause worry, but ultimately it just made us better. So yeah, Diane, um, I'd love to hear your story. I mean, we were talking about earlier stories of failure. So do you want to get into yeah. it? Yeah. So when we were talking about this, the first thing that came to mind was my my first huge failure that I had in my career. It was probably, I don't know, it was less than a year into my career. We had undertaken this huge redesign, rebuild of our entire website. And we had different teams working on different pieces. And mine was the the admin, um, the admin section, like the whole admin tools. And I even remember the name of it. It was like the universal management console, like the UNC project. And it was this huge thing. And I remember I was so excited about it because I was chosen to, you know, I was a newbie beginning of my career. I was like, yes, this, I can actually prove myself here and make a difference and um, do something meaningful on this project. And we were put in a conference room for nine months and we worked crazy hours with this promise that we could get a bonus at the end. And nine months later, we weren't even done yet. They scrapped the whole entire thing. I think our, it wasn't our president, but whoever was making the decisions about this project or even decided to do it in the first place, he was fired and they just told us to stop and then go back to what we were doing before. It was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, I put my heart and soul and everything into this and now we're just, we're just scrapping it. It felt like, like everything I was doing meant nothing, you know? Yeah. What, what were some of the biggest takeaways from that project? Yeah. Um, you know, luckily I did have a, a really awesome mentor at the time who had been through a big failure like that. And he was just like, you know, this is like, everyone has a story like this and you're actually lucky that you've been through this now and you learn what it's like to work on a failed project. And so I did have that hint of like optimism going into this, like, what do we do now world <laughs> after that? Cause I didn't know what work was going to be like if we weren't working on the UNC project anymore. Um, but it was, I mean, yeah, just like realizing that it didn't mean that we didn't, we, that we did anything wrong. Um, of course, there was tons that we learned from it and how we would do things differently. We went 
from that point went from a waterfall software development culture to agile and that was a huge culture shift there were a lot there was a lot of resistance around that so but it did provide the momentum and the um the argument for moving to this other way of doing things and that was for the next two years that I was there we that was our mission we were just like yeah we're not going back to the way things were so it it ended up being great and it showed us what we needed to adjust as a team yeah how has it yeah how has it changed just like so you said that happened earlier in your career Mm -hmm. and how if it did how has it changed like your approach to work and leading and coaching and and all that in general yeah I mean well in terms of when when there's a project on my team that's not going well you know I'm I haven't always been the one in charge of deciding what to work on or how we're going to approach it and what the priorities are and things but it doesn't when a project is not going well it doesn't make me think less of the people who are working on it you know it's uh i think it's easy to see like oh there's this team over here that is they're just struggling they can't get this out or they're just tons of bugs or it's not what what people want even and Mm -hmm. it's easy to just blame that team uh, especially if it's happened more than once over a course of time but I think it's a signal of something else that needs to change it's not that they're bad employees or that they need to necessarily um like up level or anything it's usually about process and this and priorities and decision making um which a lot of times ICs aren't um able to change that easily without leadership's input right and yeah we talked a little bit about before we started recording about the the it's a 10 year old article now the Etsy article about blameless postmortems, right? It's yeah. um, sounds very much like how you're talking about things you took away from this project. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's easy. It's easy to see a, like a one-off situation, especially if it's, like something really bad to see it as like, oh, it that person just made a, a mistake, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know you're telling me your story, which I think would be great for everyone to hear. But it's like, especially if there's only one person working on it mm-hmm. and or they're like the sole person in charge making decisions about it. And that's just not the case like there we usually would do five whys and I really like that because it takes you from the surface level oh this is what it looks like is going wrong but um like let's go a 
five levels deeper and find out really like what is the very bottom piece that enabled this to even happen in the first place. Right. So I'm curious, like, I think your example is perfect for that. Did you guys do anything like that? Yeah. So, um, tell me what happened again. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into my story. It's, it's an interesting one. And I guess, so for me, the takeaway from mine is not only that is where like, um, you know, could we have stopped and asked those questions sooner? Cause I think there was three of us leading different parts of the project. Okay. Um, so there was like Chris Jaffe, who's the PM, this is me on the, the content and creative side. And then there was a designer, um, UX lead that was put on, um, and any one of us could have really put the brakes on this project and asked those questions. Um, but we didn't. And so let me get into the story and I'll tell you, um, how it went. And I tell, I use this story a lot because people tend to be afraid to take risks. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're afraid if they lose the, like their company money that they'll get fired or something like that. Yeah. And so before I tell the story, um, this was probably a third of the way into my Netflix career. And I still had like six more years after this incident. Um, so it was, uh, I forget what year it was, but it was when Chromecast and AirPlay or yeah, were, were relatively new. And so we thought casting was, was going to be a huge part of our business. And there was this project called Memento um, that was almost like Amazon X-Ray that we were working on uh, parallel while Amazon was doing this. Um, long story short, we spent 18 months doing quals, research, we did design sprints, we traveled and talked to people all over the world and all these things. And we, we used engineering resources to prototype. We built all this up. Um, and ultimately, it was not a big enough part of the casting and ended up being a minuscule part of our business, not what we thought it would be. Um, so 18 months later, Chris Jaffe decided to pull the plug on it. Um, and so the three of us, the ones I mentioned earlier, went in front of the whole product organization and, and just admitted failure. Wow. Uh, we said, hey, we wasted about $2 million in resources, 18 months of research, all this stuff, and we're, we're cutting bait. We're, we're stopping the project because it's not going to be a significant part of the business. Um, and it was one of those things like we were terrified to have the conversation um, cause you think that's one of those things you lose a company, $2 million and they're like, whose head's going to roll. Um, ultimately no, nobody's head rolled. Chris went on to, he's the chief design officer at YouTube. I was there for another six years. The designer moved on to be the chief design officer at Twitter, not the Twitter today, but the Twitter before. Um, <laughs> Hold and so like everyone went on to be relatively successful in their careers. So the takeaway was. Um, even though that we lost a lot of money, there was great work that the engineering team did um, and our teams did around like um, computer vision, AI that led to other things. Um, but we didn't necessarily see that as we were doing it. And yeah. so our main thing was we focused on the failure so so much that we didn't realize the risks that we took actually contributed to bigger parts of the business. Yeah. Um, and that's what, so when we took it to the product organization, it, it was it was inspiring for us to see other people on, in the group, in the working group, say, no, this wasn't a failure because we were able to do this. This It unlocked this, unlocked this, unlocked this. So 
sometimes, so my moral of the story is failure doesn't always lead to heads rolling. Yeah. And often if you, and it's cliche, but learning from the mistakes and looking at what you actually built and how can you leverage that in other ways um, became a more powerful learning coming out of that. Yeah. Um, so I use that story all the time. And even for the next six, six years, when my direct reports would say, like, I'm afraid to take a risk. I'm like, look, I lost the company $2 million. There's no bigger risk you're going to take. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah if it, and if it doesn't work out we'll figure out if what we learned and how we can use it um in the future right I love that how did yeah how did you get to that place like from how quick did you get there from having that meeting where you admit or even deciding that you're gonna that you're gonna go with your team members and admit to everyone that we're cutting, we're pulling the plug from that moment you knew that was going to happen until you felt good about it yeah uh it took us two weeks of like tons of anxiety right and we we just put it on the calendar when we're going to tell everyone we're like hey we had weekly strat for the all the product innovation teams so like two weeks we have this 20 minute slot during product strat and this is when we're going to tell everyone. Wow. Um, and so high anxiety. And it wasn't until the end of that 20 minute block where everybody was like, we actually, what I was telling you, we actually were able to do this, do this, do this. And, and parts, other parts of the product team started to champion for us. We're like, no, this product was not for nothing. Wow. Um, and that's where, you know, we started to be one humbled. Like, well, thank you for for seeing that and recognizing that. Um, and then we started to realize, like, yeah, even though the primary project was a failed project, all the secondary projects that were born from it added so much more value to the business. I love that. Um, yeah. So that's that's where, I mean, it. It, our egos took a hit for sure, and it was hard to do. But the fact that everybody else kind of spoke up for us and kind of not came to our rescue, but like stated the other value that we brought was that helped make it easier. Yeah. I think that says a lot about the culture that was there at the time because at the company I was working at during that huge failure there were no conversations like that. It was just like everyone stood up from their cubicles one day when the top dog came in and said effective immediately where this project is over. And they said that so-and-so is no longer working for the company. And that was all that was said, you know, there was mm -hmm. no conversation about like, okay, what does, what do big projects look like now? And we, it ended up being a great thing. You know, we completely changed how we developed software, but it was never acknowledged that it came out of that. And then it was actually a good, a really good thing. So I think that's amazing that you were in that situation where people saw, they actually 
saw and talked about the value and the learnings and all of that. Yeah, was def definitely it went because of that it went a little bit easier. I mean, it's hard just to admit it, right? To yeah. to um like at the time the Neil Hunt, the chief product officer was there. <laughs> Greg Peters who's like the co-CEO now, I think like they they were all in there <laughs> and we we had to talk about these things. Um but yeah, like you're right. I mean, the culture was unique in the way that 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 was accepted. Um, but it's also good to hear from from your story that there was learning um, that came out of it. Because the the worst thing is, out of failure, you just accept failure. Mm -hmm. it, it's one thing; it's okay to accept failure, but also, what is it going to teach you? What are you going to learn from it? Yeah, I know it could have been, you know, according to it, or it looked like on the surface that from a business standpoint that they felt it was the person in charge. It was their, that one decision to even do it in the first place was the problem, which wasn't really, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that way, possibly, but <laughs> we didn't at that time we were a waterfall and we didn't know really that there was another way. Yeah. So, what was what was some of the the lessons that you took away about failure that maybe changed the way you look at failure? Um, well, I don't know if it was particularly from that, but that was a big one. But I think all of the, I've had a lot of really big failures in my life at work and personal, <laughs> so. It's interesting. It doesn't feel good ever. It never feels good. But there's this moment where you start to get excited about, okay, what's next after this? Because it's like when everything falls apart, it has to be rebuilt again in one way or another. And I'm personally not going to rebuild it exactly the same as before, you know? Mm -hmm. So you know that something, something better is coming and you don't know what that is yet. You don't know what it looks like maybe because you haven't been able to really see like those positive things yet. Like you were saying, you guys, you were probably in such anxiety about the fact that it was a failure. You didn't see all of those amazing things that came out of it quite yet. And just knowing that something like that is coming, you just don't can't quite put your finger on it at the moment. But now I kind of it doesn't feel good while it's happening. But just knowing and having that like, yeah, everything is going to be fine and better than fine. Actually, it's going to be better than it is right now during this failure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, um, for me, it's like abs failure is just part of leadership. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I don't know anyone. And if you don't, if you try to make everything perfect, you're not going to do anything great. Like that's what I would yeah. tell my teams, right? Like if you are afraid of failure, then you're not going to take big swings and you're going to not, you won't do anything great. Um, yeah. but also like, how would you know what, amazing success feels like if you don't know what failure feels like, right? Like you need to know both ends of the spectrum. So 
those are things that like I really took away and I, why I sort of embrace failure. Um, and then one last thing is why I think a lot of people are afraid of failure is because like this, just this idea of worry. Right. Um, and I'm, I may have mentioned this, this to you before, but I've been pulling a lot of inspiration from the, the Mark Twain quote, um, worry is paying a debt you don't owe. Mm, I love um, it's, it's almost like, you know, 99% of the things that I've worried about all the way since I was a kid never happened. Yeah. Right? It's just a worry I had. I've never been homeless. I've never been. And like, these are things I, that I worry about. Like, um, I haven't this not humble brags or stuff like that, but like, I've never been fired. I've never been homeless. I've never like been broke. I've never been, but those are the things that I've yeah. always been afraid of, but they, they never happened. Right. Um, I love the one about being fired. Like how, how many times have we worried about being fired or our bosses think that we're doing a bad job? I know this is a common thing. Like I like putting that pressure on yourself mm -hmm. to do more or do things perfect because of what you think might happen if you don't. And it has never, we think that the worry is helping us do like, oh, I need to make sure I'm working later or harder or whatever because I'm not doing good enough right now. We think that that's helping us, but have we ever tested that theory? Like <laughs> what happens if you just don't worry about it and just do the best that you can? Yeah. And what about the person who's been working there for eight years? Right. Right. Did you worry the entire eight years? Yeah. And so is, you have eight years of history saying you were not fired. So what's yeah. tomorrow? What's different about tomorrow? Yeah. Than the past eight years. Right. That your brain like is like, well, maybe it's because you always like made up for it somehow. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like it's been 5,000 days tomorrow's the day it's gonna yeah, happen tomorrow's the day this project is the one that is gonna yeah. just ruin everything yeah amazing so i think on that note that is a great note to leave it on is worry mm -hmm. is pain that you don't know if you if nothing has happened to you so far what makes you think it's gonna happen tomorrow right yeah yeah amazing yeah. You can lose a company two million two million dollars and still work there for six years. Right, exactly, exactly. And for you, you can have a failed project like in the first year of your career and yeah. still be a VP. Of, right, right. Later on down the line, okay. so failure, embrace it. It's going to happen. If you're afraid of it, don't be. Um, most of the things you're afraid of don't actually happen. Yeah. So, all right, we'll see you all next awesome. time. Thanks, Diane. Thanks.